This next guest, Sarah Karaoğlu, I'm pronouncing her name in Turkish, uh, as she is half Turkish, but I've always been a fan of Sarah. Every, to- every time she's walked into the gym, she gives you that feeling of being so polite, so understanding, and you could see that through how she presents the fourth quarter on Fox which is also a podcast. She's Bailey Simonson's fiance, and knowing her f- father, you could just see how well she's brought up Sarah. You get a real great insight into her passion, how much she practices her craft, and how much she talks about mentorship and it's how it's helped her as a presenter on the fourth quarter, which is a netball uh, show on Fox. So without any further ado, here is Sarah. And guys, you're in for a great treat. Her in, she, there's so much insightfulness here for any young person that wants to go into journal, journalism. And you're going to get to see the background of how she got to where she did. So without any further ado, here is Sarah. And I just want to Mention one more thing before we get into it, guys. Please subscribe. Please share. Please tell all your friends about the Elevate podcast because the more shares, the more subscribers we get out there, the better guests we can get for you guys. So it's it's a lot about the love, the sharing, and the caring. Please, please follow us, help us throughout this journey, and thanks again for tuning in. Sarah, thanks for joining us. I had your, your. Um, I was going to say you're the better half, <laughs> but Bailey Simonson and I know you guys get to, got together in 2009. I was doing my research. 2020 was one year in. Um, super proud of you. I'm, I'm probably biased because you're Turkish, but you know you're the host of the Fourth Quarter Podcast, which is also the official Fox Sports Australia netball show. Um, your your partner, which I don't know if everyone knows, is Bailey Somerson, plays for Parramatta. Was at Canberra before that, two grand finals. We'll get into that, what it's like being with a footballer, the highs and lows. Um, but you're also from, you know, and why I get along with you well, um, you're from a Turkish heritage as well. I met your dad, beautiful family. We've got so much in common because I've got two daughters as well. And we're going to get into that, you know, two daughters coming through the family. Um, so we've got a lot in common. So thanks for joining us. I heard a little bit about more about your story. Um, I find out a lot about um, individuals that I interview by stalking everything. And what I want to get into first is this. The other day we're having a conversation. And you said my daughter's having an amazing time in Milan. And then I go, wait a second, let me look up your Instagram. And I'm going, oh, no. wow, man, this girl's had a great time. <laughs> Ibiza, Bali, uh, Monte Carlo, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did a big year. Jeez, you've been everywhere. Yes. So let me ask you a question. I want to ask you this. You made Bailey in 2019. Was all this before Bailey? So actually, Bailey and I started dating, or we went on a date like two weeks before I went to Europe on a big five-week trip with a couple of mates um we went on a date like we'd spoken a bit through mutual friends um 
and he was living in Canberra at the time. He just moved over from New Zealand and I think he was training with Canberra. I don't know if he'd signed yet or just started playing. Um, and he was like, oh, can I, can I meet up with you and take you for a cup of coffee? And in my head, I was like, are you going to meet up with me? You live in Canberra. Like, wow, yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Um, and I was like, yeah, cool. We'll, we'll just hang out. So we caught up and we just really clicked and we got along really well. Um, and then my whole trip through Europe, we'd only met each other twice before, but we were like just talking on the phone the whole time, every yeah, day. Well, yeah. yeah, I think my friends were getting really annoyed at me because we were having wow. like five, six hour phone calls. Um, and then came home, just kept the relationship going. He would drive up from Canberra on his days off, get up really early, drive back. Um, and we just made it work for a few years. Mm. And then with COVID and stuff, I kind of could stay down there for a while because I had just started working with Fox, but um, I worked in the digital and social team at the time, so I could work from home. Mm. So just made it work. And then he got the opportunity to come up to Parramatta. Um, I thought about moving to Canberra a few times, but working in politics or political media or, or you know, um, the other media stations they had down there. It just, it wasn't really for me. I felt I always wanted to work at Fox Sports and that was like the pinnacle for me. Mm. So I didn't want to go anywhere else. So, um, you know, and he has family in Sydney and he he loves, you know, where where we live, the area we live. Mm. Um, we're very lucky we're living in mum and dad's old place with my sister and her partner. Mm. So we just had a really nice lifestyle here that um, he, he wanted to make it work. So got the opportuni opportunity to move to Parramatta and, um, and yeah, but no, all the partying, he, he was, it was towards the end of my partying mm. life, but he was, the, he was still in the picture for that, yeah. <laughs> so, Turkish dad in, in, in your partying. I mean, <laughs> it's funny because your dad's a fair bit older than me. So, I'm just yes. trying to think, you know, he's a bit more old school. You know what I mean? I've come to terms with all of that, you know, with, with, with my daughter. Coming through, obviously, you know, we're going to get into the netball and, and, and obviously the show's about netball, but your dad was pushing you to, to soccer, right? So what were the conversations like? You're going out a lot, you know, you know, as, as parents, you know, Turkish parents, especially being in a wog, we, we're going, well, what's your career path? Was, was, was that, what was those conversations like early on? So to be honest, dad always knew uh, my sister and I were quite ambitious ever since we were young and mum and dad never went to university. Mm. Obviously dad came from uh, a, like a very poor family in Turkey. He had uh, five siblings in Turkey, uh, moved out here when he was 12, got the opportunity. I uh, didn't speak English, dropped out of school, I think when he was in year nine or year mm. eight because he didn't speak English and you know, you're just getting fights at school every day. So he, he kind of had no education. So mum and dad always told us how important an education was and not just like, oh, it's really important you go to school. It was, it was about how, hey, there's countries where girls aren't even allowed to go to school yet. Mm. So you've got this opportunity that so many didn't have. And, you know, you know, dad, dad's like, I didn't have the opportunity to go into a school and thrive and actually understand what the teachers are saying. So why would you not take advantage of that? Mm. Um, so I think we always appreciated that opportunity and it was always a goal for my sister and myself to go to university and finish university. Mm. Dad always said, I want you to, but like it's that's your choice and you just do your best and I'll always be proud mm. of you if you do your best. Mum was like, you go to university or you're out of my house. <laughs> wow. She was kind of she joking. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. she was a little bit like, yeah. um, she was a little bit tougher. She was always saying, you need to go to university. Mm. And then when we were stressing over HSC, she was like, university's not everything. <laughs> What's funny is that because 
as parents, it affects us when our kids are stressing out. I reckon I probably get stressed out more in that process, um, especially with, with, with my wife because my daughter, you know, the pressure of her going to university. So I get it because me and my wife didn't go to university either. And, and I also get that, you know, when your dad says all that, I, I spoke Turkish from, well, I didn't know how to speak English until I got to primary school. You grew I'll, up here. I grew up here, but you got to remember, I grew up in a Turkish community. So mum and dad, dad only spoke Turkish to me. Mm. They couldn't speak English. So when I got to school, man, I fucking had no idea what they were saying. I remember I had to do an eye test, not because I couldn't see, I couldn't spell the letter. I didn't know A to Z. So it's funny, like when your dad says it's so important. And like, I, I we were kind of lucky because you had to learn the completely differently. Like it was just a completely different way of learning. And, and I think, you know, there was probably certain Turks that excelled, you know, you know, cause I, I grew up in this area. So I was either going to go to Ramick boys or, and I went to James Cook, you know, I, I don't know which one was better than the other anyway, but it is, I think I believe that it is so important to have the discipline to be able to read, to learn, to educate yourself so you can have the awareness of what's necessary to succeed. So that's probably why your parents were so like, they push you, but then we're, we, we, we're kind of like, fuck, I, I hope I don't push them to, towards the other end and they get stressed out, they have anxiety, they get depressed, they have eating disorders. So all these things go through your mind. Definitely. And I think that, you know, my parents were very aware of, of that, I guess, as we, was, as we grew up and learned throughout that, because my sister and I, we probably put them through a lot of, a lot of stress. Um, but you know, I think my sister probably might've had a little bit harder than me. I think being the first daughter or the eldest yeah. daughter to come through, I don't know how, what the dynamic is. Cause how, how, what's the age gap between they're, they're your three daughters? years apart. Three so years. man, it was fuck. <laughs> so when my, Shake my head, man. when my sister was coming through and I was always like, probably like a bit more of like daddy's girl, like yeah. knew how to ask for, for what I wanted yeah. and he's going to listen to this and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my sister you know so if she went out and dad's like where are you going with like wh wh whose house is it blah 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 whereas like I, I would see that and I'd probably be like oh dad so I'm going to the movies and I'm doing it like you know yeah. I know I, you know I learned from that so my mm. sister I reckon would have had it harder and then when even like with Bali like my, we were never allowed to go to Bali growing up um, my mum used to always go with her mates though, mm. like for, cause they, both my parents used to work at Qantas, so they mm. would get the, the cheap rates. Mm. So dad never wanted us going. And then, you know, I had some friends going and they were doing all these Bali retreats and, mm. and stuff. And so I thought, you know what? I was personal training actually mm. before. So I was like, I reckon dad will let me go because if I'm going on one of these retreats mm. and then I reckon like, well, I'm doing the retreats. I can go out with some friends here and there, this and yeah. that. So then even though Amy had also asked to go, I think previously, yeah, yeah. I was like, dad, you know how important my personal training is to me and learning. My friends are going on this retreat. Can I go? And then he didn't want me to miss out obviously. Cause he wants mm. me to take advantage of all those opportunities and travel and whatnot. So he was like, oh, okay. Like, cause he, I positioned it in a way where it's like towards my career yeah, and ambition. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. <laughs> smart, mate. Don't worry. I, I, I don't think I told my parents the truth about anything. I just I, said, I'll get it done. So. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. And, and so then he let you go. 
he let me go and I did like... How old were you then? Uh, 19. 19. And it's funny because I think like a lot of my mates have this mentality of, you're 19, why do you need to ask yeah. your dad or your mum what you're doing, where you're going? Yeah. And I'm like, for me, it's always like that respect that I have with my yeah, parents. Yeah. To this day, I will not... Um, like I wouldn't go and do something yeah. too outrageous or I'll always get their opinion first. Yes. Like if, if you know, from buying property with Bailey to, to yeah. whatever else it is, yes. that's something I'll always want to talk to them about. Yeah. And even Bailey has such a strong relationship with my parents that I don't think I would have been able to, that's a weird thing mm. to say, but I don't know how I would have been able to be with someone who, who didn't mm. because their blessing means so much to me mm. and I truly trust their opinion on people's characters. So yeah. Dad and Bailey click straight away. And dad is like a tough cookie to crack when yeah. it comes to who he's... Especially Bailey being a footy player, right? Oh, yeah. As well, like that just heightens everything, right? The conversation, I remember when I went for a walk with dad about like just when I, after I got back from Europe and I was telling him I'd been talking to this this guy and we're going for a walk and I was like, oh, dad. And he's like, mm. And I was like, oh, yeah. So like, you know, my best friend, her, you know, her friend, blah, blah, blah. I brought up Bailey and he's like, mm, who is he? And I was like, oh... He's he plays for Raiders and he was he was like I know about these footy players Sarah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah but 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 it's true. But like yeah. but, but I've met Bailey and like just uh, for the record, Bailey you could see the values that he's got. You, you know I interviewed him, you could see the family values, the the, the relationship with his parents, yeah, just that whole thing, right? So I mean that's a lottery ticket for you, I guess. Like not, yeah. not in a bad sense. No, of course. Because you want to you want to meet someone really, really good, but it's like, how many really is there in rugby league? Yeah, well, like we know, funny enough, it is like a huge stereotype, but we know so many people yeah. that are just like so many of our friends that are amazing and just like Bailey yeah. um, through footy that I guess like a lot of them get tarnished with the same brush because you yes. hear about the big stories. But also on the flip side of that, I feel like there's a lot of people I know that aren't, you know, that get up to no good, but nobody knows about it because they're not in the public eye. That's right. So that's, that's right. you know, I do think that just finding like a good person yeah. um, is is pretty rare anyway and vice versa. Yeah. Like me and my family values, I know that um, Bailey appreciates me yeah. and I know that, you know, he's not going to find someone with the same values as me every day. So that's I, right. I hold that value in myself as well. Yeah. Um, which is which is important too. Yeah. I think to be like you know f for both people to see their value before you know coming yeah. together. So um, yeah, it's great. And dad, dad and him have a really great relationship. Yeah. Um, my my family love him. I remember, but I was it was very scary bringing him over to me. And he didn't want to come keep hanging out because we would hang out mm. here, and then like he'd come um, hang out with my sister at our house up the road, mm. and he met my mum, my grandma, and then he didn't feel comfortable coming and picking me up or going out on dates mm. or coming by the house and not meeting my dad because mm. my parents lived with my grandma just up the road. Mm. So he was scared that they would like cross paths and it would look rude that they haven't met yeah. yet. So yeah. he was actually the one pushing me to like, oh, can I meet your dad? Yeah. Which was which was really nice. And yeah. then when they met, like I was really nervous, but they kind of clicked straight away yeah. and it was great. And now like on Bailey's days off, he'll call dad and go for coffee and yeah. like they'll go hang out together and, you know, yeah. It's and awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, cool. it's really nice. And yeah. it, it makes me feel good and like he'll go. Same with like my grandma and Bailey's will go pick her up from um do you know Sharon um in oh she's got a she's Turkish as well. She's our hairdresser in Matraville, but she? Sharon I'm, I'm gonna have to go meet her now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> get some hair extensions. Yeah, dad dad goes well, dad goes and gets his hair cut only <laughs> from he? her. Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> she's the best. Um 
but so he like my grandmother goes there as well and mm. Bailey will drop her and pick her up and wait in the hairdresser wow. and that kind of thing so it's really nice having yeah. a partner who cares as much about family as you do yeah um and yeah and like being like Bailey's got two nephews who I see as my nephews now yeah. and that's like been the most amazing thing over the past mm. couple of years them coming over so yeah it's just like our family's gotten bigger and it's it's really nice now let's let's move on to your obviously your career mm. um how has let's say you you're, you're working behind the scenes right mm. um obviously for fox and you're doing their digital media work did you kind of go go okay i know where i want to go now or did an opportunity come because of the just the work ethic that you you put forward um with fox beforehand how did that come about so interestingly enough i was i was very happy in the in the back end and i still am in a way because i'm a producer and that's what i do i produce um live sport and i produce features and and things like that um but when i was i always wanted to be to move into producing it's mm. all, like producing and and directing that kind of thing I, mm. that always interested me um and when i was in the digital and social end of it um as like a content producer i got the opportunity to move across when we got the netball rights because obviously headcount that kind of thing um my mentor my boss um erin she she was like a mentor for me at the time and i said hey i really want to be in your team she's the executive producer of fox netball um i was like i know the sport i'm friends with a lot of girls um that are coming yeah. through i you know can get us these interviews access whatever um, I really want to be a producer in your team. So I got the opportunity to move across. I got, um, Steve Crawley, who's like, a um, our head of television. I got his blessing. So he, they've always been Aaron and Steve. They've always been very supportive of mm. growth, especially for young, ambitious women coming through. Mm. Um, because the split in media, I think it's like, I, I don't know the actual numbers, but it would be like 30 to 70, like okay. men and women kind yeah. of thing. Um, but it's getting better, but mm. the, it's because they're, they're trying to bring more women through, which is, which is nice to be mm. a part of. Um, so I moved across, um, but my old boss, he, we were going to start a podcast together for netball. Mm. Um, and when I moved across, he was like, Hey, I still think you would be a really good host, um, for the podcast. Mm. And it wasn't something that I thought about doing, you know, when I was younger, mm. I wanted, thought about going into journalism, um, hosting, presenting. But I think once you go through your teenage years, you get a bit more timid and you mm. get a bit more, um, I don't know, in this day and age, I feel like you feel like you can't take up space. You're a bit more self-conscious. You're worried about what other people are gonna think yeah. of you. Yeah. And that's, yeah. it's such a change that I feel like happens just after, after high school or during high mm. school. Um, so all the ambitions I had that were like, you know, if I thought that that made me look cocky, I was like, nah, push mm. it, push them away. Because, you know, you don't want to look like you care too much about yourself or people are going to think you know you, you, what happens is you, we get trapped in this thought process and i talk to so many people that if we're going to do something you know people are going to hate on us yes what are we going to be perceived as um am i going to be able to do all well these comments that are going to come my way so we, we start to project all the, th the negative things that are going to happen so we don't take action yes right and then we push things to the side and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because you were around the back behind the scenes, it kind of gave you more confidence to say, hey, I think I can go back to the front now, which was my first ambition. 
Yeah, interestingly, it was, it, but it was like that ambition was so far behind that I almost mm. forgot about it, mm. that it was kind of like, hey, I actually, and, and I didn't know if I would ever get the opportunity. So then when someone say, hey, I actually think you would be a really good host. Like I actually see that in you. It kind of lit something in me that was like, oh, I actually mm. can have faith or courage in myself to pursue that original ambition. Yeah. Um, so I owe a lot to, um, his name's Harrison. I, I work with him. He's the other producer of the fourth quarter. Um, I think he's head of the social team at Fox, but he was like, yeah, I think you'd be a really good host. And he gave me a lot of feedback. Um, and then we started the podcast up. It went really well in mm. its first year. Um, learned a lot. I'd probably cringe if I listened to the first one now because <laughs> we were just talking about that. Like we've done a thousand videos in a year and a half. Been a thousand. I'm gonna right? go watch the first one after this. No, nah, we can't. Like he was going. He, he goes. It was funny because we thought we were all right. Yeah. <laughs> but we we're shit. You know that's what I mean? the funny thing. You think you're like, And then, like, hey, and then I, I reckon we'll look at stuff now in a year's time and we we'll go, "Fuck, we suck again." Yeah, exactly. But this, but 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 you know, I, even then when we were putting content, everyone liked it. Yeah. And then we went again and again and again, but it, it happens to everyone. Exactly. So it. Anyway, it was it was a really good experience. Um, I was going in like kind of sometimes on my days off just to practice and mm. and you know on the weekends if so, if someone said to me, hey, I can talk to you at six in the morning, I'd be like, cool, all right, like try to go and talk to yeah. them. It's that time I was I was just really keen because um, it was exciting mm. and um, I started. I love writing. Mm. Um, that's another thing I used to want to be a screenwriter. So I was like trying to wow. write all these yarns. Um, and I just really enjoyed the process. Mm. Um, but it was a really busy year as well because it was my first year producing. So you're learning this whole other set of skills that you're still trying to apply. Yeah. Um, and then last year they said, um, you know, my boss came up to me and was like, hey, um, we're going to make it a TV show. Do you want to go to NIDA and do some training mm. and all this kind of thing? And it was like, whoa, wow. this is so cool. Mm. Um, so again, if I watch the first one, the first TV, because it's different when you're going from like here, like obviously it's being filmed. So you're yeah. aware you're on camera. Um, whereas we didn't always film the podcast I was doing, or sometimes I wouldn't even look at the vision because I was never focusing as that I'm on camera. Yeah. Because um, you got to look right down the barrel, right? Sometimes. You, uh, well, yeah. When you, it's very different. Like TV hosting and presenting mm. is very different, I guess, from podcast style. So yeah. you had to, like, I had to find a happy medium. Yes. Um, and now I'm doing some training with um, Fox Sports News, mm. um, which is it's, which is a whole other set of skills wow. altogether because you're really presenting and projecting. Mm. Um, yeah. And you know, I think I thought I was like, oh yeah, I've had some experience with the auto cue, and then I sat down mm. and I was like, oh, this is so much harder yeah. than what I thought. Yeah. Um, but again, like it, every time I go in and practice, I know I'm I'm getting better, yeah. and whether that's something I do or not, the training is invaluable, and I'm so lucky that my workplace is you know encouraging that yeah. um so this year it'll still be a show but it'll be on ko and then it'll still mm. remain a podcast um it won't be on foxtel anymore we're kind of moving a bit more towards digital and, yeah. and ko freebies yeah. so um yeah that's that's exciting and in itself but you know i was like producing it and editing yeah. and uh we have an editor that made it look really good but i was doing like the the cut down mm. um and all that kind of thing and it was it was a lot but it was a whole set of skills and I think the the best thing for me was going home and I don't like probably not a lot of people were watching it at the time because it was on at this the, maybe the re the replays did quite well but the live time was the same as Thursday night yeah. league so obviously you're competing with 
live sport, which you're yeah. never going to win that that battle. <laughs> I'd yeah. put on the footy too, but my dad would, and he loves his footy, <laughs> but I'll come home and dad will always have the show. The show on. Yeah. And, and watching it yeah. and, and tuning in and, and you know, scrolling yeah. on his phone and saying, oh, she's done this and this and, you know, and he's the biggest advocate for, for women's sports mm, and female yeah. sports and female in media mm. and just females in general. Um, He's always told my sister and I that, like, you know, sky's the limit. Mm. And I know, like, that's how you would feel with, with having that's two That's how daughters. I'm with women. Like, yeah. I, look, it's funny because, you know, in my family, I've got more nieces than nephews. You know, um, there's women everywhere. And like for me, and like, especially when, when you've got two daughters, it changes your whole perspective on everything. And you start to realize just how important women are in business and that they can achieve and they can do some massive things. Um, and it's just being in the right environment. Like I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. Obviously, like my daughter's gone to uni. She's at Mervac. It's, it's the same thing I tell her all the time. You know, you're meant to be here. You're meant to do this. You're meant to go to that next level. You're meant to pave the way. You know, all women should feel like that. I, I don't think that should be um, something that people shy away from. Like if I look at like everything you're telling me about your story from the producing to doing all that, like I'm just super interested. Like it, it just interests me because you're learning each and every moving part from the back end to the front end there, getting more training. And it, it, it's so important that you get those reps in because then the sky honestly becomes like you can go anywhere. There's no, there's no limit to where you can go. And, and, I, and I don't think if I was, uh, whether I'm a male or a female, it doesn't matter who you are, right? If you're a female, you should go, well, I'm going to compete against these guys that are at the best in their game. You know, whether it's, you know, Matt, Matty Johns or whoever it is, because at the end of the day, we've all got the same intellect. It's what we choose to do with that. Now, the the thing that holds most people back, it was like before, I was focused on what people were going to think. We we were at my house and we're doing these new videos in my kitchen, right? And and they've done well. But I was in there and I go, Kenny, I go, bro, this is out of my comfort zone, bro. <laughs> fuck. And then they've done well. Then then the next thing was, fuck, you got to talk on your phone. you got to walk. you got to talk. And you got to vlog this shit and i'm like fuck here we go but at every point what i realized was this i said i'm just gonna take action on it i don't care if i'm good or not it, it is what it is but i can then review it like it's funny go and listen to the first few episodes and we had these things uh where we you know for all the other platforms not youtube i've got to you know uh do a an announcement for uh sarah and and i was looking at it and it, it wasn't my writing. And then Kenny goes, have you listened to these? I said, bro, I can't hear my fucking <laughs> yeah, voice, man. But you need to. And I did. Yeah. I go, bro, that is fucking shit. I'm never <laughs> doing that again. So the guy that was writing it, I said, bro, I'm not doing your shit anymore. Because he looked at me funny. I said, I'm not doing it. I go, go listen to the new ones. And he looked at me funny again. And it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then he listened to it. He goes, fuck, bro, that were unbelievable. Because... I done it in a way where it was from my heart and I done it naturally. Yeah. So it was natural and it came out so much better because it was the experience that I had, I had in the podcast that made the difference. Do you find like now that you're, you're at this level now and you're learning more, do you find like, okay, now I'm finding my feet to sound so much more natural. 
Definitely. And I think also being uh, like as, for example, with the with the presenting that I've just started um, training up to do, it's you're, you need to learn to project yourself more and to mm. exaggerate. And actually the most incredible thing that one of the producers said to me, um, he, he came in and he goes, you know, when you're when you're talking down the barrel and you're telling the story, like, you know, the story, you've read it, you know, mm. the story you're talking about sport it's fun and he goes imagine you're telling it to someone that you're actually really excited to talk to mm. um and he said that when he does it he imagines he's talking to his son mm. and when i did that i thought about talking to like my cousins um and you know telling them and getting trying to get them excited mm. about it and also being okay to be like happy and like you know mm. kind of express yourself because i do think that a lot of the time you kind of try to fade into the background or you don't want to act like, again, you're worried about what people think. So yeah. you don't want to be yourself or be loud and, and proud. You're kind mm. of like, oh, I'm just going to creep over here. But when you're presenting or you're you're trying to build your profile, uh, you can't do that. Mm. There's, you know, there's no place to hide. Um, when my show first got announced last year, I remember um, Hannah Hollis, who's amazing and so great to learn from. She She's a friend of mine now. And when she, we were at the uh, the Fox Netball launch, she was mm. saying, um, oh, how did she say it? She, you know, she introduced the show and I was like hiding in the background because mm. I was like, oh, these people are going to go, you know, who's that? Why? There's a new show that, that they're not going to know me. So they're probably just going to be like, whatever. And she she was like, where are you, Sarah? No more wallflowering in the back for you. Come to the front. Wow. <laughs> and like, cool. and yeah, you yeah. know, but I should have just, you know, as a professional, and someone who's trying to make a name for myself in media, mm. I should have just walked to the front and said, thanks, that's me. And like, you know, do the whole meet and greet. Mm. But I was too nervous, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's also amazing to be around women who also want to put you, in, yeah. you know, put you up and share light on you. And that's yeah. the thing, there's plenty of spotlight to go around for everyone. So the women that try to help take you under their wing and bring you through, like, you never forget that. You always yeah. appreciate that. Because um, it's very daunting going into that space in, in media and when I came through in media like when I was on the graduate program um meeting these high profile women um and men but mm. the women especially because you aspire to be like them it's very mm. um intimidating mm. so the ones that actually have the time for you and and learn your name and and want to bring you through um and obviously is there a lot of them yeah they're at, at Fox yeah mm. I've got a great relationship with with a lot of mm. the women, um, but that you know, it, I have reached out. Like before, I worked at Fox. I reached out to mm. so many people at other yeah. media companies and whatnot, like online and stuff. Mm. And I guess it's hard because you, it, you don't hear back or or whatever, and you you try to get opportunity. And I guess everyone's really busy. But um, you, you, when the women that I've met, like Lara Pitt, Yvonne Sampson, Hannah Hollis, they've all got really great relationships with me, and I know mm. I could go to them and and ask them. Anything. anything and i know that they would give me that feedback mm. and advice hannah came on my podcast yeah, yeah well. and gave me you know when it first started mm. and and was great and gave me that feedback so mm. um that but that makes a huge difference mm. in any industry and i'm sure the the people that you bring through as you know in your own career yeah. will always be grateful and they won't forget that 100 percent. i mean look i'll give you an example so when i'm learning to be good when i'm holding my phone and doing vlogs I've got to watch the best vloggers. Mm. So I watch them, I study them. Like I do hours, yeah, hours of work. I just study the best people that hold the phone. I, I study the best people that do the best podcasts and the best interviews. So I'm constantly studying how they ask questions, what they're interested in. Like, like I'll be honest, like everything you're saying interests me a lot. Mm. Like I love it. You know what I mean? So 
when you're talking about all those little intricacies, who you got to go to, who you got to get mentored by, that's exactly, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Because when I was talking to Bailey Simonson, I said, who did you look up to? Like in sport, I go like, was it the Ronaldo's, was it the Messi's, was it the basketball players? He said it was the last dance, like with Michael Jordan. Because he just liked how Michael Jordan just used to push the barriers of what, what it took to for excellence and how hard he used to push the team. And then when we were talking, I said, well, what's it like at Parramatta? He said, well, the leader, Brad Arthur's in the gym first. And that shows us, hey, if, if he's the coach and he's in the gym at 5 a.m., that's going to make us work harder. So, you know, like obviously you've got the Yvonne Sampson's, the, the, the Hollis's and all that kind of stuff. But before them or who you're looking up to, like a, a, as a journalist, like you'd, you'd watch TV, whether it was overseas, international, and I know there's not as many as there is men, but who was someone that inspired you where you go, okay, cool, this is, this is where I want to go? To be honest, um, Tyra Rushton. Yeah. Um, she... I never actually, like I met her a few times in the office, but mm. she moved on when we lost that A-League rights to, yeah. she went to Channel 10. Um, so I never really built a relationship with her or spoke with her ironically enough. But I think because she's also from an Asian heritage, it mm. was like, you don't see a lot of women that look similar to you on TV when you're yeah. growing up. And now it's a lot more diverse, but yes. when we were younger, it was a lot more um, Anglo. Yeah. the women you see on TV um, and let alone to see like an Asian female, mm. um, you know, on TV was, was really, for me, that was like pretty inspiring and pretty cool. And yeah. I felt like she kind of looked a bit like my mum. So I was like, Oh, you know, she, you know, someone like me could go and do that. Mm. Um, but you know, she wouldn't know that cause I never said that to her. I'm mm. quite uh, close in a work sense with Cooper, her husband, cause he works mm. with us. Um, so he wouldn't even know that. But yeah, she was someone, I thought she was amazing. She was always vibrant. She, and she was always, it was always just her and the, like the guys, she was always mm. just that female, but she held her own. Mm. Um, and you know, when you, when you see her on TV, it was just, you know, she was there, but then the rest of the commentary team was predominantly men. Mm. Um, but she always, to me, I was like, she just has a presence about her. Um, and I think because, you know, you, when you see people that you can sort of relate to, whether because they look a bit like you or they're Turkish, yeah, you know, yeah. we obviously have a connection because a of that. Time, yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah. you know, makes a difference. It's it like, does. I'll give you an example. Say I was in the States and someone said, you know, and I couldn't find any Aussies around and they go, I'm from Sydney and I'm from Coogee. hundred percent. Cause you're overseas. Now you got a connection. So it, 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 it helps a lot because it's like, for me, I'll be honest with you. Like I'm proud, like to know that you're Turkish and that you're doing this and you're forging this career and the way you're thinking inspires me because I go, mate, I'm, I'm rooting for this, this girl. I want her to kill it. You know what I mean? And that support I think helps a lot. It helps a lot. You know what I mean? When someone's going, Hey, listen, you have a bad day. It's cool, man. You, you, you're good enough. Let's go. And do you find, do you have those days sometimes? Yeah, I think, um, definitely like when, when you, feel like you've, you know, you've really learned a skill and then you move into something else. Like after my first um, practice at, at mm. Fox Sports News, I walked out and I was like, oh my gosh, that was awful. <laughs> and I felt yeah. really down on myself because I was like, I'll never be able to, you know, do that, whatever. And I went in for another practice and then um, it was after Christmas and I, I was kind of like, oh, I'm just going to wait for them to ask me to come back in. I'm not going to think about it too much. And then um, Steve, who's 
also like a very good mentor. Um, I guess I see him as a mentor as well. He saw me in the office and he goes, how's it been going? I was like, yeah, it's been going good. Um, I went in a few times, but I'll just wait to see when they're available for me to go again. And he was like, no, just keep, he goes, tell them you want to go in and practice. Mm. Tell them you want to keep going in and practice. He goes, even if you're not doing a shift or you're not doing a like a newsread where you're on mm. camera, go in and say, hey, I want to practice. I want to learn. That shows your character, Sarah. You mm. need to to show them, you know, 100%. the character that, that I know you have. Um, and obviously when someone says that to you, I'm not going to not message, you know, Fox Sports News. I'm not going to leave it. And then just in a week, Steve comes up to me and says, hey, have you gone back in? And I say mm. no, because that shows I'm not ambitious. So I just emailed and I said, hey, guys, I'm really, I know um, I've got a lot of learning to do, but I'm really keen to come in as much as I can when you guys are free, when you'll have me. Um, I want to be up to standard so that you can call on me to use me whenever you want to. Mm. And even then, just for my own hosting and presenting. Um, because I want to better myself and I put my boss on it so she could see that. Um, and they replied, they said, we would love to have you come in as much as you can whenever you want to um, because we, we're all, I guess, the mm. same company and they want me to get better so that I'm an option for them but also just so, you know, helping mm. each other out, I guess. Um, so it was great. I've been going in once or twice a week ever since and I feel, you know, so confident about it. Whereas, But that was something that... It made me feel not good when I first did it because mm. I was really embarrassed because for the past year, I feel like I've felt really good in this podcast show space, this TV show I've been doing. I felt like I was doing a really good job and then you do something that's challenging again and then you don't want to go mm. there. And I, I, I hear. And I thought, oh, I don't yeah. want to do that because I, I'm not good at it. But mm. you forget that when you first started your podcast, mm. You weren't good at that either. Hundred percent. Yeah. So it's yeah. That was. It, a it, it is daunting. People don't realize. Like, the best way I could put put it is, um, we do lot, lots of different types of content, and you know, like a few weeks ago, we said, you know, we've got to do more stuff in the kitchen, and and you know, I was like, we we wrote it down on Tuesday. Actually, we wrote that this is what we're going to do. We didn't write what the script was. Mm. So I said, fuck, okay, if I'm going to do this, I've got to take action. I said, well, I okay, go Thursday, Kenny, we're filming. So I had to get prepared on the Wednesday, do it on the Thursday. And then he edited it really quick. By Friday, Saturday, we had him out. And then we showed Clay and, and then Clay goes, mate, I didn't, th I, I guess I was confident you guys could do it, but he goes, I didn't think you were going to nail it like that. And you know, he was at my house and I said to him, I go, bro, I don't know how the fuck this is going to go, man. <laughs> like, okay, I'm just going to fucking have a crack, bro. And then we walked away and he goes, bro, that were actually really, really good. So th there's, there's, there's so many moments as a journalist when you're fronting to the camera where you got to change, you know, levels. This is the level I'm at right now. This is how I've got to speak to my mm -hmm. friends. This is how I've got to speak to, you know, my, my kids. I've got to be ready. And now they want me to do this. Now I've got to practice again. Now I've got to learn again. I've got to write more notes. I guess if you look back at it, it's almost like going for your HSC. True? Yeah, it yeah. is actually a lot. And the way you prepare for all different um, like types of studies and exams and, mm. and whatever else, because obviously there's such a different, um, it's such a variety mm. of different things that you have to study for and different subjects. So for example, like with art, you're not doing an exam for art or you might do a written exam, but you're also, you have to submit like a major work, mm. which is, yeah. a drawing or a video or whatever like it's different mediums so yeah. um yeah there's more to it than just one thing and i think yeah when you have to conquer all of those things sometimes 
it's a bit confronting mm. when you're not good at one part, but you're mm. really good at another part. But that's just, you just got to put in more effort for the other yeah. part. Do you think your maturity has helped? Like, do you think like you can handle that type of pressure much better now than when you were, when you're at school and you're doing your HSC? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think so. Maturity is definitely, um, helped a lot. And also just being confident in yourself. I think like we were talking about in high school when you're, you're not confident in yourself mm. or you don't really, you kind of just want to chill in the background. Um, not everyone's like that, but for me, I wanted to just be with my friends and, and hang out and party, but I was also very scared of, you know, your parents, my parents and like how people perceive me and yeah. all those sorts of things. Whereas now I'm super confident to, to just be myself and mm. have, co and like, have a conversation with my parents about things or have, you know, mm. just be open and be myself. Whereas mm. I don't feel like in high school, I would have, you know, the things I do now, I would not have, I'd be too scared to come on this podcast mm. if we take this back five, six years. Five, yeah. Yeah. But how, how old are you now? 26. Okay. So five, six years at 21. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I kind of, and also you realize there's more to life than just partying. Like traveling yeah. is amazing. Um, but I think you you just live to go out on the weekend with your friends when yeah when you're young. Hundred percent. Oh look, and this is the thing too. Like I don't, I I don't envy the the life of of sports player. It's very hard. Look, you know, for males in their twenties to thirties, um, training that hard, being put under pressure. You can't do this. You can't go there. Social media. Everyone's watching you. It's so much pressure. So I do get it when when people implode. You know what I mean? I reckon I would have been one of those imploders. I, I'm, I was never that good with like the sets of rules. When I started running my own business, it started to change, like the perception of what you needed to do. But what happens when there's a lot of pressure, like I've been in business from a young age and, and the pressure of not losing everything that you've put your life into, mm -hmm. there's a huge pressure that comes with that. And then that you need, you feel like you need an outlet. I'm at a point now in my life where um, I don't feel that type of pressure anymore because I'm more disciplined. So I don't need much yeah. like I did when I was young, you know. I love traveling. I like traveling with my family. I like like we're doing retreats. So I like to do things where I can still run a business while I'm seeing the world, you know. So the perception of how I look at the world's changed in terms of that, you know. And like you're at an age now where, you know, then I'm going to ask you this question. Like, Bailey's got a full season ahead. You're on Fox. How do you guys get to know where you want to go now on vacations? Because you love, everyone loves going away. Yeah. How do you, is that, is that a kind of like a new pressure? Or you, you know, you, you guys are going to work it out. You know, you're getting, you're engaged, going to get married. So we're getting married in December. Yep. Um, and obviously we won't be able to have a honeymoon per se because in December he'll probably have to go back to training mm. unless they win the grand final and they don't have to go back till, yep. you know, uh, January. So it'd be great if they could do that just so we could get a honeymoon mm. on top of other things. Yep. But um, we've, we're thinking about having a pre-honeymoon to so going away mm. in October, November. The first year we started dating, actually, Bailey... Um, and this is when we're still doing long distance. So it was hard. And, um, Bailey was in the Kiwi squad. No, he was in the nines. And, um, from the nines, there was a Kiwi squad, which mm. they, uh, to go and play the tests. And he hadn't originally been selected in that. He was just selected in the nines. Um, so we had booked to go to Hawaii on my birthday mm. and which is the 20th of October. So he calls me at midnight and it's my birthday and we're meant to go to Hawaii 
the next day. Wow. And he's like, hey, happy birthday. Uh, and I hadn't seen him in like two weeks. Mm. And he's like, hey, happy birthday. Um, We're not going to Hawaii anymore. Wow. <laughs> I got selected to go. And I was so happy for him, but I was so upset because mm. I was like, it's really hard, especially when you first start dating someone, mm. like not seeing them for long periods of time. So I was like, so you're going to go away. I'm not going to see you for another four weeks or whatever the tour was. And like, you know, I've put all my leave to go away yeah, here. Wow. I got to talk to my boss and see if I can get that yeah. back or I'm just going to be sitting here. Like it was the whole, it was a whole thing. Um, and he, he actually was, he'd, he'd gotten the trip for my, as a birthday present mm. for me. So I ended up giving it to his mom. Mm. It all worked out. But um, it was, I think from then on, I was like, okay, now everything we buy is flexible tickets and mm. I need to be open you know, to change, to change. But I, yeah. when it's hard because I obviously work on netball predominantly and I do my hosting on netball, but I also work on league. Yeah. So I, and NRLW, of course. So mm. I kind of shouldn't be taking leave within that period anyway. Yeah, like I yeah, can, right, yeah. I can, but um, most of us in the team don't. So I think, yeah. uh, you know, when netball season finishes, cause it's a, a small team of us and we, we work really hard yeah. um, at the end of the season, we all have a few days off. Yeah. Um, and then somebody might take leave there. One of us might take leave there for a couple of weeks and the rest of us will work on until the end of the league season. And then one mm. or two of us will take leave there. So it, it actually works out mm. because we kind of work in the same industry, you know, like we both yeah. went up to magic grounds together. I was there for work. He was there for work. And then, you know, he was staying in the same hotel as me. So we just, Perfect. you know, alternate hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's funny. Like I'll go out to his sometimes he shoots because mm. I'm there for work or whatever else. So like we do crossover mm. a lot, which is, it's kind of funny, kind of fun. Mm. He'll be with people from my work all the time or, um, you know, FaceTiming in the, the Maddie John show when I'm at work. And I remember being like, Oh, I didn't tee this up. Why are you on the TV right yeah, now? Yeah, like, wow. so it's funny when we cross over, mm. um, but it actually works really well, I think. Yeah. And we have that understanding for one another because we know the media, we know the, 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 type of work we work in yeah. it's quite similar We're, we've both got uh, sort of you know mine less so but we've both got profiles we're trying mm. to build um so that's cool it's it's cool it's yeah. a cool grind to be a part of and i think yeah. it actually you know like i know we're quite young to be getting married but like it's just not really i mean fuck, i was young well that's fuck, how old were you stupid man no i was 27 man Oh, that's, that's not. fucking young for a male. Uh, dad, dad was. I was with Susie from twenty. It's pretty, yeah. That, You're that a lucky young. man. She's beautiful. She and is. Amazing. Look, I'm, I am very lucky. So when I say that, I say it not in a bad way, but I go fuck. Twenty-seven-year-old. How old's Bailey? Twenty-seven. Bailey, Bailey's four months younger than me. Okay. But so he's tech, he's the year below, but I always say four months younger because it's that's only four months. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what? I'll be honest with you. It's actually a good age, like. If you leave it too late and, and look, I'm kind of lucky because my, my daughter's 20, right? And the other one's 17, but it's be, it's cool to be a younger dad. Yes, it is. definitely. I, I, feel, I feel it is. I could be wrong. There's, there's older dads out there, but I could be wrong. My my dad's a little bit older. Oh, he's How old is your dad? I think Six, he's 64, I think. 64, 64. yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's not going to be yeah. happy um, putting his um, age out here. So how old was he when he had you guys? That would have been he was like 33, uh, 32. I think he was like 32 when yeah. he had my sister, maybe a yeah. 30. Like he was, yeah. So he was nearly mid, like early 30s, nearly mid 30s. Yeah. But, um, you know, 
it's not that much older and he's very mm. fit and you know he yeah. swims all the way yeah. up the yeah, Kuji that's and right. all that kind of thing and I'm always scared he's going to get taken by a shark but yeah. um, he's <laughs> he swims like all the way to Mate, the dog park and do back that, uh, it's Fuck. so scary and you know what he's a Turk Turks don't swim, bro. He doesn't know how to swim. He's told me stories when he moved out. He didn't even drown. Knee deep. Turks do not swim. Anyway, but also he hadn't been in the water in 30 years and then he went, we took my cousins for a swim and then he went in the water and then all of a sudden he thought he had to swim all the way out to wedding cake. Um, Anyway, he... um, Yeah, mum always said knee deep. Yeah. (laughs) Go to the pool. Knee deep. Go to the the pool. pool. Botany pools. um, Yeah, so... uh, uh, But... In that sense, he's not an older dad, but like yeah. I love my dad. I'm so close with my dad. The relationship we have mm. is so special that I'm always like, oh, I wish he was younger. I want him to be yeah. younger because I want more and more Tom. years with him all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which um, I'm lucky we live here. I'm lucky Bailey likes living there yeah. with, you know, so close to my family yeah. um, and that they have us and help yeah. us. Um, that We go over there for dinner a few nights yeah. a week because I get that time with them, which I know a lot of people don't get. So I'm so blessed to have that time with uh, my dad, my mom. My mom yeah. is a little bit younger, so yeah. um, I think I never see her as that much older anyway. Yeah. Um, and my grandmother, who's quite young as well. Yeah. My grandma, I think, was like 20, 21 when she had my mum. Okay, well. Yeah, so she... She's pretty young. Yeah, she's pretty young. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and she's fit. She'll, she will... Is your grandfather alive? No, my time? grandfather passed away in on my mum's side yeah. in his... 60s. He was dad's age, which yeah, wow. is really, really young. scary and young. Um, and my grandparents on dad's side. Yeah. Have yeah, Baba, when, did, when did she pass away? Cause I, I seen that on your stories. When was that? Baba Ane was 2019. I think. Yeah, okay. so just wow. actually just when I, I think it was just after ba- Bailey and right. I ended up going to Hawaii, but I think the trip. She lived here? She lived here, but she had dementia. Okay. Wow. So she, we had, uh, moved, she lived in Burwood in her yeah. apartment and then we moved her into, um, St. Basil's yeah. at Randwick. Yeah. Um, the, it's like a, I don't know what you call it, like a home, but yeah. where they look after people with yeah. dementia and stuff. So we would go see her every day, yeah. um, and, you know, try to feed her and, and stuff like mm. that. So that was, that was tough. tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, but it's, it's weird cause dad, uh, it would have been real tough for him, but he was always like looking after us. So yeah. 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 And my grandpa was lived in Melbourne and he, pa- he was a fair bit older. He passed yeah. away. I think I was in like year 12 or something so yeah. that was a while back yeah 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 well it's always hard isn't it like when you when you when you see your grandparents i mean i i, I don't i don't know my grandparents because i've ne- never saw any of them mm. but it's harder like your generation or my kids generation they get to see that yes they see both sides you know what i mean and they've I don't know. Like my my kids are very close to their grandparents. You you were you very close to your grandparents? Very close to my grandparents. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like, dad's dad, not as much because we didn't see him as often because mm. he lived in Melbourne and he was like a fair bit older. Um. But still, always you know when you see them, you get mm. cuddles and and you know that's your grandparent and yeah. and you have that love. Um. And my babane very close. Yeah. And my grandma Lola we call her, which mm. is um grandma in. Tagalog, yeah. which is Filipino, um, we're super close with. Yeah. And my grandfather, Lolo, mm. super close with. And my yeah. dad was really close with him as well, even yeah. though that's my mum's dad. Yeah. So that was, um, yeah, devastating for my family yeah. when he passed away. Yeah. So, yeah. But like you said, it's that generation now where parents are living up to that age yeah. and the health and, you you know. Yeah, you're getting to see him for a long time. And 
you know, it's funny because you see them, you, you feel like they're going to be around forever. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard. And that, lo- that loss is, is definitely devastating. Yeah. Um, but it's also really special that you get more time with them. And yeah. I think you just need to look at it that way. I get shattered whenever I lose someone, as everyone yeah, does, does. But I think it gives me a bit of an existential crisis where yeah. I'm like, you know, am I ever going to see them again? So, but I think yeah. I'm changing that and just being like, Mm. you're so lucky that you got so much time with them or just yeah. to know them is super important as well, which is like um, a, such a blessing. So mm. yeah, I'm very blessed that I live with my family mm. um, or near my family yeah. that they look out for us and um, and that my grandmother's there too, yeah. which is which is really special. So every day when we see her or, you know, she cooks us you something. You know what's funny? I said to Susie yesterday because my daughter's overseas coming back tomorrow night. Oh, tomorrow night? Yeah, because I... <laughs> it was funny. What? <laughs> she left. No, no, she's coming back tomorrow night. It's been three weeks. Yeah. She had, she's had a ball, right? Oh, I can tell. But Susie's like, you know, it's been, oh, she'll say it was hard for me too because every day I go, it's happy hump day, two more days, two more sleeps, Susie. Oh. I keep saying that every day. I go, three more sleeps, Susie, every day. I, say. <laughs> I go, listen, Sue, I go, what if she finds a man and she lives overseas? And she goes, ooh, have you ever thought about it? And it's hard because even for me, because like in the last few weeks, the house felt empty because my other daughter was sleeping at a friend's house. Like I said, we've got to, we've got to learn how to uh, be together again. <laughs> we don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk. <laughs> like I'm going, fuck, what, what, am I in a different world here? I was like in a different time zone. Oh. So it's funny because, you know, when you have daughters and you and we're like, my family is very similar to your family. They're very close, like my brothers, my in-laws. You know, there's group chats, you know. And oh yeah, the group when chats. It, when, look, it's it, and you know, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh fuck, they're lucky, um, because you know, you you, it's like you know how you got supported coming through. You needed those mentors and all that kind of stuff. But when you when you do have it, you do you do miss it a lot more, yeah. you know. And I. And I and I do, like I was talking to Brian Johnston, who played for St. George, represented Australia. I remember just before um, Christmas, he goes, Mets, you know, it's a great time of the year, but he goes, do you know how bad of a time of the year it is for more people? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you know, like, I don't know what you're like. I, I, I'm the kind of guy, like, I'm pretty tough on, on, on people, but I go, man, I'll help you. I'll, I'll show you the way, you know, but... It, in in life, like even though you you came from great parents, good family, um, that that you know they were never going to push you to the point where it was going to affect you. You had to be ambitious. Mm. You had to go for it. You you had this goal, and it was so important to you. How important is it to have goals, and not put it on the back burner, and make sure that you you attend to those? How important is it? Because what has it done for your confidence? Oh, everything. I think it's so important also just to, um, for like mental health as well. I feel like it's huge because Mm. if you don't have a goal, what are you working towards? Like obviously, um, I feel like without working towards, I don't know, something, Mm. I don't know where my satisfaction would be coming from in a way. Like it's nice to, it's almost like every day if you're on a holiday, you're not going to appreciate the holiday. Like Mm. there has to be some sort of work ethic in there and you have to be working towards something for a reason. Um, for me, I've always been ambitious. I've always had my goals. Um, and I've I've always, I think that like there was a few years there probably where um, there was a lot of self-doubt about achieving those. So then mm. 
you're probably not putting the work in the work you need to because you don't want to be faced with failure or rejection. Mm. That's a really hard thing to be okay to face. Mm. Um, and I think when you get past that and see that failure or rejection leads to growth and is one step closer to your goals, that's huge. Mm. Similar to like the other day when I did the practice and I was like, oh, I don't really want to go there again. Mm. I'm a bit scared. Like they might not want me there. They might think I'm really bad at this. Mm. Um, and then, you know, getting that feedback from a mentor being like, no, you need to go back because mm. that's how you, you get better and you mm. build. Um, and I'm so glad I did because already I've gained so much confidence from that. And I know I've gotten so much better at that and mm. I can apply that to my show, you know, I can apply that to other aspects of my life mm. and just having confidence in general. Yeah. Um, it, so it matters a lot. It matters so much. And I think that goals and setting goals is something I want to get better at as mm. well. Um, Cause it shouldn't just be in one aspect, like it shouldn't just be in my career. Mm. It should be in, you know, working out. It should be in my relationships. It should mm. be like I caught up with one of my best friends last night. I haven't seen her in months mm. and you know a goal of mine is to catch up with her more because i had such mm. a good time with her that i'm like and you know we're, we're catching up and i'm like oh if something was going on in your world i wouldn't even know about it because i haven't touched base with you in mm. so long it was mm. you know you need to keep your close ones close yes. and put in the effort to, yeah. to catch up with them so things like that the goals are so important in all aspects of your life i think yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, what, what it does is when you have goals and you have certain metrics where you can kind of measure you know never going to be perfect all the time but when you can measure it did i call that person did i have that and when you have that sort of like that to-do list it does make a huge difference but also removes the anxiety and the pressure away because you go okay i've written this down i just got to execute on this now yes and th that's where goals um help out a lot i mean even when we're doing this room and and and, and the changes that i'm making to the business and the gym um, you know, when I write it down and, I, and I'm trying to get these timelines in and these deadlines, I'm going, fuck me, dude, man. I'm not going to fucking make it. Like we just, we've got a challenge now. There's 200 people. We've got to fill the, um, we, we got a, we got a goal there. 60 episodes we're going to do this year, right? Well, 60 episodes. Um, we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to go for a bigger number and then Clay goes, bro, you, you're fucking busy. Like he goes, you're already fucking busy. You you already run businesses. Are you sure you're gonna do more than? I go, fuck you know what, Clay. Let's just clean. Let's bring this down a bit. Yeah. And sixty's still a lot. Yeah, it's only fifty two weeks in a year. So yeah, like, I know. That's <laughs> like, did you think of that? <laughs> no, no, I did. I said, I said in a month, I'll do, I'll do, I'll go crazy in a month. Yeah. At some point this year, and then that will get those numbers, those metrics up. So I wasn't thinking right at the start. <laughs> When I looked at, it, I go, I go, okay. How can I beat that number yep. in, um, in, a, in 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 the next year? What resources do I need? Who do I need? Who do I have to become? So at every point, so what I do is I I ask myself the question: Am I becoming the man I need to become to to hit all these metrics? Mm -hmm. So that metric, how it works, is: Am I the right man for my wife? Am I the right man for my kids? Am I the right person for my nieces my nephews my brothers and all that kind of stuff have i put my workouts um first because my health needs to become first if i'm to have the energy that i require to help other people sometimes my energy like yesterday i, I hit a wall i was just smashed and i and then i'm smashed and i'm looking researching you i go, I've got to be on <laughs> no not in a bad way but i go yeah and, and i'll be honest with you i've had a great conversation i just want to let you know it's just it's it's 
I, I, I kind of go, where am I going to take this with Sarah? I go, well, let me find out more about her. And what I've like, what I, what, what, what I'm super proud about you is, um, you know, we've got a commonality, you know, with how our families have been brought up. But I believe, and 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 I like to ask you this question. I believe that you're going to be a great mentor for so many people because of your story um, of pushing the barriers of where you need to go. You know, coming from you know half Asian heritage, you know, breaking that barrier. Look, look. When I was speak to you today, you've broken so many barriers. You know, um, coming from you know uh, immigrant parents. Uh, so so many barriers that you've broken. What's kind of your ambition? What do you want to do? What do you want to forge going into the future? Going into the future, I think um, I want to better, I guess, my my profile. I want to build my profile and I want to be, I'm okay now to be like, yeah, I want to be a host. I want to be a presenter. I want to be a journalist and a producer. Mm. Um, I want to be, you know, a strong female role model in all of those, in all of those areas that um, are predominantly male dominated. And I want to, I guess, build enough of a reputation that I can be a mentor and that people want to be mentored by me. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm still, I'm a mentee at the moment. Like mm. I'm learning from people and I know I can be a mentor to some people, but I want to get enough experience in the, um, in the workforce that I can be a mentor to people coming through. Mm. Um, and also change the, change the game a bit, change the, um, you know, what it means to be a presenter. I don't think that presenters should just be, women who are um you know look a certain way act a certain mm. way uh you know just you know like you know usually it's like oh if someone's attractive and they're outspoken or, or you mm. know have a nice voice it's like oh she'd make a great presenter when it's like no there's so much more to mm. presenting and hosting and the women before me especially the women at fox have already changed the game in that sense they're pretty hard um hitting journalists but i want to add to that and mm. um and i want to talk more about you know being what you know with the nrlw coming through mm. i want to talk to women about their challenges and their journey coming through there and be a part of that sports growth mm. um netball you know there's so much growth that netball needs to have in this country and i want to be a part of that mm. um you know pathways i want to impact on pathways there's so many things and yeah, i think when well. you look at it it's very overwhelming um but i know that i'm only 26 i'm very early in my journey mm. and i'm learning a lot so um you know the there's so much there's so much more to go sky's still the limit if you cross over to rugby league can you still stay in netball as well or can you do them both simultaneously or you got to pick one? Oh no definitely i think it, it work i haven't ever um asked to you know be working on rugby league mm. in a in a host sense or a presenter center mm. sense or anything like that but i do produce on it and mm. it's kind of all one big team so any mm. of the sports that we cover we we kind of we cross through yeah. all of them so that's it's not really an issue um, uh, and if I asked to do something, like I'm sure if I asked to work on something specifically, um, my bosses would find a way to, to get me to, yeah. obviously you've got to, if you get the opportunity, you've got to make it happen. Yes. That's, that's a big Cause it doesn't thing. come often. Yeah. So if I asked for something like, mm. uh, can I do this? Can I do that? They'd be like, yeah, sure. So even though my bosses are being like, yeah, you can go, um, work and practice at Fox sports news. They're not going to put me on air. Mm. That's something that, you know, if I work hard enough at practicing and Fox Sports News wants to put me on air, mm. that's their decision. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so it's yes. kind of like we'll give you the tools, but you need to make it happen, which yeah. I think is is perfect as well because it makes it feel better for you when mm. you actually achieve that goal. So with the podcast, it's like, yeah, you can do that. We'll give you the room and the, the microphones, but you need to, 
you need to build that if you want it to go further. Mm. So that's something we did in our own time. And mm. then, it, you know, getting rewarded by having that be a TV show was huge um, because you knew that it actually cut through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the best thing about it, I think, is having the opportunity where I work at to, to kind of hit all those goals. Yeah. And obviously, like, netball is um, probably an area because you played the game. You know, a lot of the players that have come through, does that make it more comfortable? Obviously, you know rugby league now because of Bailey Simonson. Um, moving from the men to the females, is mm. that is that more of a challenge or is, it, is there a lot of similarities there? No, I think there's – there's it's not really. Like, I think there's a lot of similarities there. And the only – the hard thing with – like, with netball, I've played it. Mm. So it's easy to adjudicate so on that. Yeah, but I think also the big barrier with rugby league is that, like uh, – people think that you don't know what you're talking about because you're a woman. And like, I know that I don't know as much as someone who's played it, mm. but I probably also know more than some bloke carrying on at the pub. But yeah. I think because I'm a woman, the bloke carrying on at the pub, people go, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Mm. But me being a woman who works in the sport and who listens to Bailey talking every day and who, you know, hears, works with some of the best um, players and ex-players mm. in the game at work and listens to how they commentate and how they unpack a game when we're all sitting together in the green room. Mm. I know, I know rugby league, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's interesting actually how, um, that like a few times people have said things, uneducated comments, and then I'll be like, no, actually ABC. And they'll wow. kind of like, Oh, did Bailey tell you that? And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> I also understand it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Cause I said to Bailey, I said, um, you know, what's the culture like there? You know, I was trying to get him to give me some dirt. But it was funny because Clint Gufferson gets a lot of bad raps. He goes, he's the first one in there training. He's the guy leading. And so sometimes in the media, um, obviously they do get bad press a bit more than they should. Yeah, I think they... You know, obviously I've interviewed Brave as well. Yeah. So, you know, Brave... It's funny, look, Brave calls it... Brave calls it as it is and he stands by what he calls and he goes, I'm happy to have the discussion with them. He, he doesn't he doesn't care. And he, being a former player, I guess he understands everything that they went through as well. Um, he also understands the pressures of the media coming after him. So it, it must be hard. Like you're in the media and imagine you have to call rugby league and you couldn't be biased. It, 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 becomes a little it, bit tricky, yeah. right? It was also hard, like when I worked in the social and digital team, because obviously stories are coming out mm. and um, I don't think I could be, I don't know, it's hard because I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be able to be a journalist on rugby league, like a presenter yeah. and a host, yes, but yeah. um, because you would probably have to cover stories that made you uncomfortable, Yeah. Um, which I'd be willing to do, but I think it would be hard to face the backlash of people being like, oh, well, you know, your partner's Bailey Simonson or saying yeah, yeah. crap. Like, I think that that would be something that would be hard to, to move. I'll past. be honest, you know, you know, you know, when I had Braith on, people loved that he told the story. Yeah. So he wasn't able to actually tell it that way. And I think, cause I had a lot of people going, Matt, I didn't realize that uh, uh, about Braith. I think it was kind of good to hear his side. It was good to hear his side. Cause he gets a lot of flack. Yeah. He doesn't care. He goes, I'm here to get to a job. I'm here to be the best I can possibly be. So like when I was speaking to him, him as a, as a, as a journalist now, like obviously he's come through the system, you know, his goal, he's very goal orientated. He's like, you could see it in his eyes. And he, and he says it, he goes, Mets, I just want to become um, the best. Like 
that's my goal i'm pushing towards that and he's looking after his health now and he's just going towards that but you could see it you could see it more now i feel like i've seen brave for a while but it's much more apparent i think the more experience you get over the years you're gonna go hey you know what i'm not here to take anyone down but i'm going for the top yeah do you have that in you yeah I'm is, that, is that from your dad's side like i mean like being turkey it's hard you need you need you need years in there and then it's like hey i'm ready to rock oh yeah De i think definitely and my dad is um you know if i get upset about something or or whatever he 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 goes into this mode of like who cares mm. they're not pay he always says to me he goes if they're not paying your bills 100 then why do you care what they think do you think that they're he always says like are they going to sleep tonight caring about what you think mm. so why should you be letting them keep you up at night so mm. he's he's always that person that cuts through for me yeah. if i'm ashamed or embarrassed or something I, mm. and i need to talk to him about anything he'll he'll you know he'll be that person for me mm. like um and and that cut through and so is my mum. they're always mm. and mum's always said like no matter what we will always support you mm. no matter what um in media and whatever that matters else. a lot right matters a lot because for me i think the biggest and being turkish being filipino but um, the, there's no worse fear, I think, than feeling like you've let your dad down or your mom mm. down. That is for me such a big thing, like mm. a fear of mine. And to know that they will back me no matter what, especially mm. when you get a profile and you're in the media, like mm. that, um, as that gets bigger, that's something that you would fear, um, mm. to let your parents down. If you know, you know, some crappy article came out about you or something like it, it just freaks you out. Um, mm. And or thinking that you're not doing a good job, anything like that. Like, I think my parents have always, um, they've always been like, hey, just we've got you no matter what, we've got your back. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And they, they say the same for Bailey, obviously, as well. So that's, um, yeah, like they don't care what what comes out in the media about a mm. shit game or anything yeah, like yeah. that. They're, they're like, you know, we've got him, we've got you. Yeah, um, cool. And it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Makes a big difference. It does. Well, fuck, Sarah, we could be going on for hours. I know. But that was, that, went up, man, that was like so easy. I just want to thank you. Like, like uh, honestly, I'm super proud of what you're doing right now. I can see you, you're going to have a huge career. You, you've got great foundations, great parents, great partner, which which does make a massive difference when you've got the right people in your corner. Like, And, and people have to go find that. They have to find the right people in their corner that give them the confidence and the foundations that – when things do get hard, when they do get challenging, that they've got those individuals that they've got their backs. And I think it's very, very important. But also like taking away from what you just said today, get in there, practice, challenge yourself, you know, put in the reps. Your first one's not going to be the best. You're going to look back a year, in a year's time, you're going to go, you know, you probably at the time go, you know what, I've done well. But you look at it again in a year and you go, oh, I suck. And then you look at, but then you look at yourself in five, 10 years and you go, fuck, who the fuck did I think I was? But that's what it takes. Everyone should have a crack. No one should be perfect. Everyone should tell what their story is at the time and be themselves. That's the main, main thing that I like, you know, people taking away from this. But what I want people to take away from you, especially you, um, is be ambitious. Go for it. Sky's the limit. Make sure that the circle you got around you are, are, are the ones that you like, know, like and trust. And they're going to be the foundations that keep propelling you forward. You're going to have bad days. It doesn't matter. You get back up and you keep moving forward. That's 
Sounds pretty good to me. I'd like to summarize that. Might put that in my memoir. That's going to yeah, be don't my... We'll, we'll put it out on a video. But no, <laughs> no I appreciate it, man. No, and uh, so man, much. I could have spoken to you for, for, for many more hours. And yeah, I didn't same. know which direction this was going to go in. But now I know why you're going to forge an unbelievable career. And, and, and you're going to pave the way for so many people. Thanks again. Thanks, Matt. That means a lot to me. Appreciate thank you for it. having me on. No, thank you.